right after the lovely Andrea and I got married in 2000, she and I moved into our apartment together. She had been living there for a couple of months, nesting, getting all 900 square feet of our apartment ready. It was humble, but it was home. Living room, dining room together, small kitchen, one bathroom, two bedrooms. And our apartment was directly above a sweet senior couple who loved to watch Wheel of Fortune. They struggled with their hearing, the floors struggled with insulation, or both because every weeknight during dinner, we could hear them watch Wheel of Fortune. If I closed my eyes and really thought about it, I could almost solve the puzzle. Okay, let's see. It's a place, and there are two C's, one M, and one X. I'm going with Mexico City, Pat. We lived there from the day we got married until the day we moved to Florida. Rent, four twenty-five a month. It's interesting to me how it was called an apartment, and so is the Tor Odeon Penthouse apartment in Monaco. But that apartment has a few amenities we didn't have at Charbonnier Manor. The Tour Odeon spans five floors. Our apartment had five rooms, and there's a kitchen on each floor. Add to that a ginormous swimming pool above a dance floor and 360-degree views of the Mediterranean Sea through window walls. It was nicer than ours, I think that's safe to say. The Odeon is a 31,000-square-foot penthouse apartment proudly perched atop the tower. It took five years to build. It costs around $350 million to call your home sweet home. It was designed and built and sculpted to be home to only the richest of the rich, the 1% of the 1%. Building a house for a billionaire has to be a tall task. You don't want to disappoint. But how do you build a house for the God who created the billionaire and who owns the billions the billionaire thinks he owns? Well, that was Solomon's tall task. And thanks to the wisdom God gave him, he was up to that tall task. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The House Solomon Built on Simplify. One day, the large double doors in the palace opened, and a caravan from the island nation of Tyre walked in. They were there in peace. When it was their turn to speak, they congratulated Solomon on being crowned king. Solomon's dad, King David, and King Hiram of Tyre had been on good terms with each other. Solomon was glad for the good news. It seemed like they were there. They were friendly toward him as well as they were toward his dad. He sent the following message back to Hiram. Dear King Hiram, As you know, my dad David was a man of war. He fought in a lot, a lot, a lot of wars. Finally, God gave him peace, but God would not allow David to build a house for him because, well, he fought in a lot, a lot, a lot of wars. Even though my dad wanted to build a house for God, God said, no, that would be my job. Life is different for me. I'm different from dad. It's peace all around, and I'd like to build that house for our God now. Solomon hired Hiram's men and put a workforce of 30,000 laborers together. They worked for seven years to build one temple that would be known in Jerusalem as the house of God. After hundreds of years of worshiping God in a mobile tent, Israel had to set up and tear down when they went from place to place. 
Israel finally had a building on a foundation that would not move because Israel was no longer moving from place to place. They were finally where they would be forever. At least that's how God intended it. But that's not what happened. After all the cedar, gold, silver, brass, somebody brought Solomon the invoice. Um, that'll be $300 million, please. Some estimates were as low as $3 million to build the temple, some as high as $200 billion to build the temple. That's billion with a B. But when the builders built a replica of Solomon's temple in Brazil, it cost $300 million to build the temple. Solomon nodded to the secretary. Secretary wrote the check. Now it was time to dedicate the temple. The last finishing touch was the most important. It was the Ark of the Covenant. The priests carried that beautiful wooden box overlaid with gold that represented the presence of God into the Holy of Holies. Once those priests came out of the Holy of Holies, the glory of God filled the house. The priests couldn't even do their job in the temple because the glory of God filled their house. It was evidence that God was with Solomon just like he was with David. King Solomon stood in front of the freshly finished, newly furnished temple, and he prayed a prayer that spanned 32 verses of 1 Kings chapter 8. And God answered Solomon's prayer with another face-to-face. He promised if Solomon would follow him, God would lead Solomon all his days. God would give him peace from every enemy all around. But if Solomon turned away from God, he and Israel would be on their own because of their own choice. God would not leave them. They would leave God. Israel could not get any better. God was back in the heart of Jerusalem. Silver was as common as gravel. Their enemies were too afraid to invade. The only way it could go downhill was at Solomon's own hand. But only two chapters after Solomon prayed his prayer and built and dedicated the temple that took seven years and $300 million to build. Solomon ended up marrying 700 wives and keeping 300 concubines. In the back of his mind, he could hear God himself telling him and all Israel, be careful whom you marry. They may turn your heart away from God. But Solomon was in love with 1,000 women, many of them princesses. And First Kings records Solomon's first step away from God. His wives turned his heart away from God. Cue the steel guitar, because this is going to sound like a really bad country song. Soon Solomon built altars to their gods, such as Ashtaroth, Chemosh, and even Molech. He had spiraled so far, so fast into sin that King Solomon, the king of God's holy people in God's holy land, was worshiping a God who called for parents to bring their children to sacrifice. They weren't bringing their children with them to sacrifice with them. Oh, no. They were bringing their children with them to sacrifice them. We read this chilling and yet familiar phrase in the Old Testament about children passing through the fire. Molech was the national god of the nation of Ammon. The statue from Molech towered over everybody. You had to climb steps just to approach the statue. And parents brought their own children, their own flesh and blood, and offered their own children as a burnt sacrifice to Molech, to a god they built with their own hands. 
all the while flutes and drums played in the background to drown out the cries of parents and their children. How could Solomon fall so far? How could he get so wicked, so unrighteous, so worldly? He wanted his wives to like him, so he began to worship the gods they worshipped. Let's review the highlights. God appeared to Solomon in person, twice. Solomon knew God was real, and Solomon knew God was for him. God gave Solomon supernatural wisdom to know what to do when he didn't know what to do. God gave Solomon peace from every enemy near and far. God made silver as common as stones. If anybody should have followed God for every one of his 70-plus years, it was Solomon. But Solomon's heart was divided between pleasing people and pleasing God. From the beginning of his righteous reign, Solomon was the wisest man to live in all 4,000 years of Old Testament history. If only Solomon was wise enough to realize there wasn't room on the throne in his heart for two or three or four or 1,000. There's only room on the throne for one. Neither you nor I have to be the wisest of the wise to understand God will never share a throne with anyone or anything, not here, not in heaven, and not in my heart. If anyone or anything is drawing you away from God, you might have forgotten God doesn't share a throne with anyone or anything. That's why the top of God's top ten list forbade worshiping any other gods or having any other gods to replace or even represent God. It took Israel a while before they stopped worshiping God. At first, they just added a roster of other gods to the worship card. The more the merrier, right? But when they began to worship other gods, even though they didn't stop worshiping the one true God for a while, their relationship with God and with one another fell apart. God is God alone. And when you and I need healing or help, God alone can heal and help us. Let's learn a lesson from once wise Solomon. I will have no other gods before or beside the Almighty God, because there is no other God before or beside the Almighty God. And there is only room on His throne and the throne in my heart for one. I'd like us to pray. I read the story, I scratch my head. How could Solomon be so foolish after being so wise? But God gave him a choice. Follow me, and I will lead you all your life. But as soon as you stop following me, you're on your own, bud. Let's pray that the Lord would help us to follow him wholeheartedly in him alone. Lord Jesus, I love you. I worship you and you alone. If there's any other God on the throne in my heart, if there's any other God in my life that I don't realize, let me know. Show me. If I've made an alliance with any other God, whether entertainment, self, success, money, fame, anything, please let me know. I want to worship you and you alone. You alone can heal and help and provide and protect us. I look to you, Jesus. I trust in you. You alone. Help us today. Help us to live wisely. Help us to follow after you wholeheartedly. We love and worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Simplify listeners. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, and let others know about this podcast. Also, 
Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. You can pick up some resources. There are some books I've written I would love for you to check out. Simplify the Devotional, The Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments, and Blessed Are, A Practical Look at the Beatitudes. All of those are there on PentecostalPublishing.com. And if you use promo code SIMPLIFY, you can save 10% off your entire order. And as I promised you, Blessed Are is either already or almost on Audible. It has been recorded. It's ready to go. Hopefully, it will be there very soon if it's not there already. So check out Blessed R. If you'd rather listen than read, you can do that using Audible. We are right at 175,000 downloads. Thanks so much, all you Simplify listeners, for making this part of your devotional life, and hopefully, it's helping you to walk closer with Jesus. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called A House Divided. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to walking closer with our Jesus as we walk through Simplify.